All right, we're officially recording and we are trying to see if we can make coffee slurping noises into the microphone. Well, I had to take the lid off because it was getting a weird sound. Hang on. Ah, let let me give it a shot. Try it. <laughs> Don't spill it on the microphone. <laughs> a little less. Uh, you got a little snort on that one. Did you hear the last? <laughs> A little congested. Here we go. It's weird because you have to hold the microphone by the side of your face. Yeah. So you're drinking out of the other side of your mouth. I'll just try it down here. I didn't get much slurp. It was just a sip. Here we go. Okay. By the way, this is what happens before <laughs> we record the podcast. What do you say we get started? <laughs> you're going to make me spit coffee. <laughs> Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It is the One Hour a Week podcast. I am Rusty Mott here with the one and only Jared Hallyer. <sighs> Sipping coffee, y'all. Got it that time. The best part of waking up is one hour a week in your ear holes. There you go. <laughs> your ear holes. <laughs> I'm making a commitment to you and the listeners right now. I'm not going to sing this entire episode. Thanks. I doubt it. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I bet you do. So, I bet you're you do. trying to make it happen. With I'm, this topic, it's going to happen. I just can't. Like I'm holding it in right now. Like now that you said, I, what's weird because usually I dig in my heels and I'm stubborn, but now I'm having to fight the urge to sing something right now just because of don't that. Don't fight it's, it again because of this topic. Don't fight it. Not going to happen. Hey, guess what? Speaking of today's topic, before we even get to today's topic, oh, yeah, this is going to have a tie in. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. It is VBS prep week. In fact, by the time you are listening to this episode, it is going to be vacation Bible school time up in here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. So, uh, man, we are praying for all of our churches. I know some of you are this week. Some of you will be in the weeks ahead. And that is just a really fun time. I always like VBS season. What about you, Jared? I do. Strangely enough, it's chaos and hectic and so much work and pretty exhausting. But I like that it breaks up the rhythm of the office week. We do it, in the past when we've done it, it was during the day. Do y'all do it during the day or evening? We do it during the day Yeah, here. so I yeah. like showing up in gym shorts and a t-shirt five days in a row and just playing with kids and telling them about Jesus. That's a fun week. I do the first part of that pretty much every day anyways, oh, gym shorts you. and a t-shirt. Now but. I'll confess, because if I don't confess this, somebody will bust me on it and call me out. There is some anxiety attached to it just because of the chaos and the people and all of the setup. There's, there's stress involved. We have similar personalities. I think that's been established throughout yeah. the... Baker's dozen but, of this podcast. But I do enjoy the event. Like we talked about last yeah. week, these events are important. And uh, Bible school around here is, every church does it. I think it's one of the hallmark events of churches in our area. I think it's one of those things, like many things in life, when it's over, I look back and say, man, that was a good week. Yeah. But while it's happening, I'm just a creature of habit. So when my routine is busted up, mm-hmm which by the way is most of the time. Right. I try to have a routine. I have a daily planner and I write down what I'm going to do and we make our plans and God laughs at them yeah, that's right. every day but, of my life. And also but, a little bit of ADD. Yes. So it's, it's hard because I will try to find little pockets of time to work on a message mm-hmm. or something and that's always when a kid spills a drink and we have to go buy an extra mop because that's the <laughs> 12th Kool-Aid we've had to clean out of the 
gym floor that week and we don't even have a gym. So that's even crazier. Why are y'all having VBS somewhere else? (laughs) So anyways, but it is a good week. We usually have a a herd of kids and we kind of do a non-traditional VBS. We do, it's group and a lot of people are using that curriculum, but we follow their method of having crews instead of age-based groups. And I'll be honest with you, the first year I got here, they told me how it worked. There are crews of three to five kids and it's eight ranging from like first grade to sixth grade. Right. And there'll be three or four, five kids in that group. And the first year they told me about it, they were like, it's so neat. And I was like, cool, sounds great, y'all. I'm thinking, man, there's no way this is good. But it actually has been. The kids look forward to it. Our youth do a great job of being crew leaders and just loving on those kids and helping them throughout the week. And it's always a really, really fun time around here. But again, it's also good to see it over because it, it, I, I am a creature of habit. Yeah. So it's good. To there get are back some to people who are so bought into VBS and your church. If you're having VBS, you know who that one or two ladies are. You know who they are and they love it. And they're the ones that make it happen. So because we have those people in our church, I do support it and I'm behind it because that's their chance to shine. That's, that's yeah. their sweet spot. And also Elizabeth, my wife, was saved at Vacation Bible School as a a teenager, if I'm remembering right. And so there are kids who are saved every year at Bible School. So do it. Do it well. Do it up, churches. Let's talk about what y'all did. Y'all did something a little bit different this year. Yeah, I'll say all this. And our church is not doing summer VBS this year. We did in February, we called it Winter Bible School. And we did it over the course of four Sunday nights. So we had the VBS curriculum and the groups and the theme and all that, but we did it one to, you know, Sunday nights for four weeks. So they'd show up, check in, and then we do it exactly like a VBS schedule would look with crafts and music and Bible study and all that. And while that was happening with the kids over in the gym, we had an adult Bible study going on at the other end of the church buildings. And then, so they would do a Bible study for 30 or 45 minutes, and then they would sit around and just have fellowship each week. So uh, cards or dominoes and everybody brought snacks and stuff to sit around while they were waiting for the kids to finish up. And it was beneficial in two ways. One, it got the adult parents to hang around instead of just dropping their kids off and leaving. The parents stayed and had a Bible study and it increased, after the event was over, it increased our Sunday night attendance because people saw that we had something going on week to week on Sunday nights. And so it really boosted our, even after Bible school was over, boosted our Sunday night attendance. So it was a win. I've heard of some churches doing that, not during the winter, like that was kind of a unique idea for y'all, but I think it was Mount Olivet Baptist Church in Fred where our friends Charles and Amanda, listeners, shout out, attend. And I think last summer they did VBS every Wednesday night of the summer. The whole summer. Just kind of a way to keep yeah. excitement going. And I thought if we were to ever change and try to do something different, that might be something Cornerstone would do because I don't know about y'all, but the first Wednesday night when school's out, it looks like you're walking into a ghost town yeah. on a Wednesday night, even though we still have church. Right. Uh, most people take a summer break from school and church. So. Summer slump. It's a yeah. real thing. So anyways, um, you know, that stuff. was a very creative idea they had to do it that way. How creative of them. Super, super creative. Segway. Oh, that's <laughs> what you're trying to do. Hey, y'all, we are talking today about creativity. And I didn't even notice that was such a subtle segue that it just <laughs> caught me off guard. But we want to take a few minutes today to talk about the importance of creativity, why we are creative. And even if you think you're not creative, you might be more creative than you realize. In fact, I would be willing to bet you are more creative than you realize. And we're going to kind of share some of our story of how we got started in this and uh, how God has used our creativity over the years in various ways. So we're excited to have this conversation today. I think it's going to be good. 
and I want us to be careful today, Rusty, not to use the label of creatives. I know that's kind of the buzzword these days is to label people as, oh, he's a creative or she's a creative type. Tell them about the scarf I'm wearing right now. I'd rather not. I was embarrassed that you even, you, when you were tying it on, I tried to stop you. Just for this episode, I'm wearing a scarf and one of those hats, but I'm wearing it backward. What he are those a- even? He asked me to call him Rolf today. It was weird. <laughs> I think everybody. Okay, so now we're making. So now we're like, don't use the word creatives. Now let's make fun of creatives for a minute. So I think we just conflated creatives and hipster weirdos. Yeah, so. sorry. But everybody's got a spark of creativity. It comes in different forms and different ways. You don't have to be artistic to be creative. But mainly, we just want to encourage everyone today to, if you have an idea, run with it. And like Rusty said, we're going to talk a little bit about how this podcast got started. Uh, how some other things have gone while we often are afraid to pull the trigger on some of our creative ideas. But mostly we just want everyone to walk away from here going, you know what? (laughs) You know what? They're right. That's what we want. We want you all to walk away going, you know what? These guys are so good. What we want is for everyone to walk away feeling encouraged to do the thing. Write, Write the story, sing the song, play the instrument, build the thing, start the class, Publish the page. <laughs> Publish the page. We'll talk about that. Uh, be encouraged to be creative. So let's talk kind of about a theological breakdown of creativity. I want to just throw a book out there to you that is a little bit strange at times, but has sections that were extremely helpful for me. And when we were even starting this venture, Jared shared a quote from it. It's a book called The Artisan Soul by Erwin McManus. Erwin McManus is just a very creative guy. I think he's a pretty gifted writer, but he's also an interesting guy. And I'm just going to use the word interesting. He has some beliefs that might be a little different than us at times. And the book drug a little bit at times for me, but I also finished the book more inspired to create than when I started. But he ties some theological connections to it. And I know we were talking about one before we started recording. So Jared, uh, why should we be creative? Why are we as humans creative at all? I've been saying for a long time, and did I steal this from Erwin McManus? I don't know. I didn't realize if I did. This is this is probably just like I stole from Jared Wilson. Right, I think one of those Erwin's things. taking from the Bible. So this is a biblical concept. Yeah, all truth is God's truth. So Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says that we are created in God's image. And I think that's part of what it means to be created in God's image is that we are creative people by nature. The When I talk to the students at our church about this, I tell them, you know, you never see a pack of monkeys putting on a, little stage play out in the jungle. We've never recorded a pod of orca whales singing in four-part harmonies. Yeah, but I've seen some dolphins do some beautiful synchronized swimming. (laughs) They don't do those things because animals aren't creative and humans are uniquely a creative bunch. We write... So are you telling me you've never seen Charlotte's Web? (laughs) That is something. If that's not creative... (laughs) I don't know what is, Jared. Uh, I'm dropping the mic now, but it's not because the podcast is over. It's because I'm angry. Read a book. Read a book, Jared. Dummy. By E.B. White. Isn't that the... I don't <laughs> yeah, even... Okay. It is. You got it. Well, I'm a literary Haven't guy. Haven't you seen Madagascar? More of a Beverly Cleary guy. Bear on myself. the bicycle is the most creative Mouse on the thing. motorcycle. And that guy's talented. Stuart Little. Was that a... Different. Know. Another mouse-related children's comedy. But all of these books okay. were written by people. That's my back, point. Back to the joke, though. Have you ever seen a mouse and thought, now that's cute or creative, or has it always struck fear into your soul no, when I you hate saw mice. one? I don't like yeah. Them. I don't know why children's cartoons and children's books 
I don't understand why they would try to take a nasty rodent and make it I've got it a, a horror story about getting a mouse stuck on a glue trap one time and I tried oh. to kill it with wasp spray. Oh, it was awful. It was. I've had to repent of so many things after that. So PETA, <laughs> if you're listening, that is at Jared Hollier. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. That was, to, you were trying to get us back on track yeah. and I'm like, so more about mice. Let's go. <laughs> Rodents, so, am I right? So anyways, point uh, is, yeah, we're, So I think part of what it means to be created in God's image is that we are creative people. And to deny that is, is denying who we are in God. There, everything that we do doesn't have to have a utilitarian function. And that's one of the dangers of a culture that rejects creativity is that if it doesn't have a practical function, if it doesn't serve a purpose, then it doesn't serve a purpose. I'm saying that two ways yeah. on purpose. If it doesn't serve a purpose, then what's the point? And that's too utilitarian. And we have to embrace the fact that sometimes we can pre- be creative just for the sake of the thing that we make. A song, an you know, an artistic piece, something you write, something you build, something you make, something you start. It has value because it is a created thing. I think it's interesting when you think about blogging and social media, how many people were willing to journal before there was a way to make their personal thoughts, feelings, and ideas public. For example, I tried having diaries slash journals when I was a kid girls unsuccessfully. Have yeah, I know. They're the same thing. Isn't that funny? Like girls have diaries, boys, boys have, have journals. journals. Uh, so I, I tried keeping a journal and writing down thoughts, mm-hmm. but I never made it more than like a day or two or even as an adult when I was first starting to preach, I thought, you know what? After every sermon, I'm gonna write down how I feel, how I feel it went, what the struggles were. And that'd be cool to look back at 10 years from now and identify. And it lasted for like three weeks of my messages. I still have that. And it is actually pretty funny to go see like 20 year old preaching Rusty. You feel a little embarrassed. Man, that sermon was terrible. And just to hear all of those thoughts. And now even as 30 year old Rusty, I say with the voice just a couple octaves lower, man, that sermon was terrible. So when I'm 40, it's probably gonna be like, man, those sermons are terrible. When you're 40, you're gonna turn into Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. Oh, wrong guy. Wrong guy. Now my feet look like Shaquille O'Neal. Gross. (laughs) All right. So anyways, we struggle to journal when it's just for us. And when it's just about us and when even if it's a prayer journal, yet my goodness, when MySpace came out and when blogs became everybody could have one, I'm spilling my guts to the entire world. Why? because I get that gratification and the feedback and the validation from it. So I think in some ways, these platforms that we've built, whether it's social media or church or whatever platforms we have, have almost made it to the point where we feel like, why should I create? Why should I do anything? Why should I express myself Mm -hmm. when I will not receive that gratification and that validation in return? One of the recurring themes on this podcast I'm finding is balance. We should never create for the validation and the affirmation, but we should never not create for fear of not getting it. What what I'm getting at is there's a balance there. We can't write things just so people come and pat us on the back and go, you're a good writer. Because then the danger is that you're just doing it to please other people. And that's a terrible motive too. But yeah, I think that definitely the affirmation from other people is encouraging. Yeah. Again, not that we do it for the applause of men, but it certainly helps. We have struggle with that even in this podcast and we'll talk a little bit about the beginning of the podcast in a moment but we do have a way to kind of see downloads and we don't really know how accurate that is if that's taking all things into consideration but what we can track for sure are trends yep 
So we can look at the now 13 episodes we've had and we can see which topics have generated more buzz than others. And we and, have an idea of how about how big our audience is yeah. week to week. So we can do that and we kind of realize, well, what moved the needle? And the tendency that we have had to fight against is saying, well, that one did really good, so let's do one more similar to that. Or uh, this one really spoke to a wider audience instead of just pastors. So let's try to get that wider audience. Mm -hmm. When uh, when we started this, it was primarily for people in ministry, even in lay ministry, but people active. And when we start talking about things, for example, social media was one that hit a broad audience. And there were probably people who really don't, even go to church or serve in the church who were like, man, I'd like to hear these idiots talk about social media. So that one just got a lot of listens. So instead of saying, all right, here's our opinions on politics and getting a bunch of people to pile on and give us listens, we have had to intentionally stay in our lane and do what we feel like God's called us to do. And the other end of that is last week's episode, the fireworks and embers episode. The numbers are low. Super low. Way low. We need everybody to go download that one again, please. (laughs) Please. We need that validation or we're not going to keep creating things. (laughs) No, actually thankful. I'm actually thankful that we're, you and I have enough conversations about it that we're not discouraged by it. That the numbers are super low and they're honestly a sixth of what our biggest, our most downloaded episode is. And we're fine with that because we're, Again, we appreciate you guys listening and it would be silly to do a podcast and never release it where nobody listened. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not doing it for that purpose. And if 10 or 20 or 30 people listen or encouraged by it, that's a win. Yeah, for sure. And so I, let's chase that rabbit for a minute. We don't want to do it to please the people. We don't want to write just so people pat us on the back and we don't want to record or paint just for the affirmation. So how do we guard against, like you were saying, how do we guard against the tendency to produce things that are only going to get us attention and positive affirmation versus just doing what we know to be right? For, Have, having integrity, I guess, would be the way to word that. For me, as somebody who I, I do feel like God has wired me to create about really in the season we started this podcast, I had become very restless in my work. I was working hard. Things were going well at work and at home, but I was very restless And I realized, man, I haven't played my guitar in forever. I haven't written. I haven't posted on my blog. I haven't done anything as a creative outlet, but I enjoy writing. I enjoy writing music. I enjoy playing my guitar and I enjoy those kind of things. Yet I had stopped doing them completely. And the reason I'd stopped doing them, I I was even, you know, I had, I was recording music and putting it on Facebook once a week and, you know, had a, just a small little following of people that would listen to it. And I'd quit doing that because it just got to a point where I was like, man, who needs another guy playing a guitar and singing? Who needs another blog? Who needs another thing for people to share on Facebook? Who needs another? And I just got to that, what you said earlier, the utilitarian point where it was like, what good is this? This isn't helping me out. This isn't moving the ball down the field for me at all. This is, and I just had to come to this point where I realized it's not about that. The reason I create, the reason I do the things that God has called me and gifted me to do is because I enjoy them. And when I do them, I'm doing them for his glory, whether anyone else hears it, sees it, or else. So for me, the practical, so that didn't sound practical, and I recognize that, so let me kind of bring it into the practical realm. For me, I need to play my guitar and write songs consistently. Yeah. Even though some of them are gonna be, quote, terrible, mm-hmm. some of them will never see the light of day, some of them will maybe be useful, and we might even use them in wor- worship here at Cornerstone, but for the most part, they won't. 
Sometimes I need to journal instead of blog. Sometimes I need to have a cup of coffee with you instead of record it and publish it for everybody to hear. So it's that idea of having that, to me, what makes creativity, art, and those things more genuine is that you are doing them for the, because you feel called to do those things and you're leaving the results up to somebody else. You almost said you're doing them for yourself. We understand that we do all things for the glory of God, but I get what you're saying. You do it not for the people, but you do it to satisfy that desire in your It's like, uh, yeah, I think of uh, the movie Chariots of Fire, which I haven't watched in years, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that one. That was amazing. Did we just get a new theme song? That's going to be the... So yeah, Chariots of Fire, Eric Liddell, uh, great movie. You should see that. I'm not going to go into all the context of it, but this was one of the quotes from the movie that you've heard probably. He says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And he talked about God created him fast. God created him for that platform that he had. And when he was doing what God created him to do, he felt God's pleasure. So that I think is the test of our creativity is do you feel God's pleasure when you are doing what God's created you and gifted you to do? Well, there's another old quote that says something like a sailboat is safe in harbor, but that's not what it was built for. And so it's just attached to the fear that if you're created to do something, if you are created by God to be creative, then do that. And yet you won't fail if you never do it, but you also won't be doing the thing that God made you to do. Yeah. So we've, I had on my list here of notes, three fears of why we don't do these things. And we've already kind of touched on two of them just in the course of the conversation. One is the people who say, well, do we really need another thing? Do we need another podcast? And we do need to talk about how we started this podcast. The other one was, what will people think? And the reality is who cares what they think? If they hate it, they don't have to watch. They don't have to look at it. Who cares what they think? The third one is the fear of failure. And that kind of ties in also to what if nobody listens, but you're not doing it to succeed or to fail. You're doing it to satisfy that desire. Before we started recording this podcast, how long did we talk about doing it? Like a year? Man, at least a year of just saying, man, we should do the podcast. We should we should talk about, we should have these conversations and yeah. Because we were just getting together about every four or six weeks at Rayo's in Beaumont and drinking a cup of coffee for an hour and a half or two hours. Not like three or four times a week, like everybody said. (laughs) (laughs) I've talked to so many people and we did get together a lot in certain seasons more than others. You know, if we were both in Beaumont, we made it happen. But I've had a few people who were like, I mean, y'all were getting together a couple times a week anyway. (laughs) Well, I mean, once or twice that would happen, but it was uh, most of the time, no, it was more every handful of weeks. And then we said, "We we should record this and make a podcast. And for a year we said, Nobody would listen. There's a billion podcasts already. What do we have to offer? What's we don't want point? our peers to judge us. I mean, that was a big part sure. of it. So, But at the end of the day, it was Rusty who said, you know what? I'm buying the recorder and we've got some microphones and let's just do it. He, he had this, I don't know what you did, what book you read. This was that same time I was talking about when I wrote the blog post several months ago. Like I had like an epiphany. Of, it was. I need to start being creative and I don't care about anything else. And there's a lot of people that are benefiting from that. Me, and now we're encouraging other people to do it. And I know you've had conversations with other people just saying, pull the trigger, just do, who cares? And you, I'm, you can't see it on the podcast, but I'm throwing my hands up and struggling my shoulders. So what? Who cares? (laughs) Fred Armisen channeling the lady off of the view. 
but and it's it's worked out well. I mean, look yeah. what's happening. We're we're doing a podcast, Rusty. And it's been and beneficial. It has been similar vein, uh, Jared. If you haven't followed his page, Jared Hallier on Facebook, some of you are friends with Jared on Facebook, but haven't liked his page, Jared Hallier. He was talking to me about setting up a page for speaking and preaching, which God's gifted him to do, and he has opportunity to do quite a bit. And he was telling me, we we're sitting in my living room before we recorded the podcast and saying, I got it already, but I just, you know, I just don't want to be like that guy. And I was like, publish the page. Yeah. No, get on the computer now. We are not. No, that's you not how that forceful. <laughs> I think we were actually eating chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, so it was it was actually <laughs> much more delicate. We literally, that's not a joke. We, we were, were eating seriously chocolate chip cookies. eating cookies. Yeah, but I said, man, publish it. Do it. Are there some people who are going to look at it and be like, oh, that guy. How yeah. pretentious can you be? Yes, there will be some. But you know what? Those voices will be washed away by the people that will benefit from that ministry. And I've already seen that. You've shared three or four things that have been very helpful that I've seen several people share that are, are reaching more people because of the type of platform that you've set up. So some of you out there may be thinking, I wanna do something and you haven't done it and you're afraid of what people are gonna think. You're afraid of how it's gonna look and all of that. But can I just tell you, people will question your motives until you stand before God. Oh, you do need to worry on. about that. Hold on, say that again slower. People will question your motives every day until you stand before God. That's good. So, amen, you need to fear him and you do need to let him search your heart and yeah. make sure your motives are pure, but you can't worry about what other people think of you. If you do that, it will stifle your ability to create or do anything unique or of purpose. There is no, if you create anything, people are gonna judge it and evaluate it. There have been people who have not enjoyed the podcast yeah. and who have sometimes expressed it, sometimes I've heard they've expressed it, you know, <laughs> uh, but you know what? It's okay. That's fine. And um, I catch myself doing it to others that I don't know. Like I'll listen to somebody else's podcast who doesn't even know me. And I'm like, well, it was all right. So that's the nature of the beast. If yeah. you create people, evaluate it. And you see this a lot online. Anytime somebody writes a post or puts something up that says something along the lines of, you know, I've been thinking about starting a da da da, fill in the blank. What do you guys think? And they're just kind of testing the waters and seeing, and then they end up not doing it. They get discouraged by the yeah. lack of feedback or, or not enough, you know, and they have some number in their head that, okay, if 20 people click the like button, then I'll, and then they just, so if you're that person who has been thinking about starting a, then like Rusty said, publish the page, pull the trigger and just do it. Because what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? I mean, unless you're, putting yourself in ridiculous debt to do it. In that case, we advise against it. Don't publish the page. Pay the, the several thousand dollars. Don't take out a second mortgage on your home. Yeah. To, don't financially ruin yourself. To, but if, if it's something you can do that you already have some of the resources and the ideas and the ingenuity, and just do it. Go ahead and take a shot. Roll the dice. Do the thing. I keep using these examples, but paint the picture, write the story, publish the page, build the shelf. Whatever it is, just do it because it's yeah. going to benefit somebody. And I know we might have some people who are thinking, well, I'm just not creative like you, Rusty, or like you, Jared. Like, y'all did a podcast, that's cool. How do you even do that? Y'all, uh, the website, that's incredible. Can I just, for one, let me tell you that those things, even though I love the affirmation that comes, my flesh really just eats that up. But let me just tell you, none of the stuff that, that we've done creatively is as hard as it may appear it's to be. so minimal. Uh, but Hang on, on top let's, of, okay. let's jump in and just say that if you want a, a cool looking website, 
we use Wix.com. It's yeah. W-I-X.com. Yeah. It's super simple. Everything's a template. You just drag and drop, type in your stuff. And you can even do a free one. Uh, the cost comes in if you want a domain name and you upgrade. But for less than a couple hundred dollars a year, you have a super professional looking website. There's so. a great app that I use all the time for ministry stuff called Word Swag. It's a free app and then you can purchase upgrades and it's how I make all these Photoshop graphic looking things. You can use all, again, it's template stuff. They have the pictures. You just type in what you want it to say and then play around with the fonts and it comes out looking really cool and professional looking, but it's all an app, Word Swag. There's one online that's similar called canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. It's a drag and drop. Again, they have the backgrounds and the pictures and the fonts. You can pay a dollar at a time for some bonus stuff if you want but you don't have to. So we just want to throw all those yeah. resources because that's what we're using. Yeah. And it's easier. It's easier than you think. Than you think. And now, you know, anything worth doing is going to take some time. Uh, in fact, the website went up faster. I was able to create the hour a week website, edit it and have it published in a shorter amount of time than it takes me to edit and fix up a podcast. Right. So, you <laughs> know- we're messy. There, there are some <laughs> things we do- that are going to take time and are going to take work on your part and are going to take work on your part. So uh, that's just a fact of life, but it's worth doing. But I, I want to mention, just like we said, you may th- not think you're creative, but pastors, you don't need to have a podcast, ministry leaders, you don't have to have a website. Doing ministry week in and week out is a creative thing. Putting a Bible study together is a creative thing. And all of these fears that we talked about can be attached to your Bible studies and your messages and your Sunday school lessons because you are throwing your heart and your soul into that work, or at least you should be. And anytime you do that, there is a vulnerability that comes with it. Mm. And uh, we can be fearful and we can have thoughts of, well, what if they don't like it? But at the end of the day, God has called you and equipped you to do what you're doing. And perhaps being involved in ministry is the most creative work God has called anybody to do. So you may not feel like you're making a splash. You may not feel like you were putting anything out there, but you serving Jesus day after day, you're creative. And he's a creative God who has created you to be creative and do wonderful things for his kingdom. And what a humbling privilege that is to know that the God of the universe who made spiral galaxies and the Grand Canyon and Angel Falls and all talking about the geographical place, Angel Falls, not angels falling, the theological. The God of the universe who made all of those things also made us creative and allows us and invites us to help him create things. We get to, it's, it's part of the redemption process, I think, and part of the being light in the darkness is when we participate in making beautiful, good, redemptive things and sharing them with the people around us. Like that's part of the building the kingdom is what we're doing. I don't want to get too philosophical or emotional about it, but we're doing God's work when we're doing creative work. And so do it, publish the page. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. Some translations say we are his masterpiece Mm -hmm. created for good works before the foundation of the world so that we would walk in them. So that's our conclusion of the podcast today. Walk in these things God's created you to do. And if you need encouragement, if you need help, if you need anything, we would love to do it. I've got a couple of friends who've reached out saying, how do you do this? How do you do that? Man, I would love for you to come over and buy me a cup of coffee and meet me at Starbucks. And we <laughs> I would will, love for you to buy me. I would love for you to buy me lunch and we can talk about it. And 
Um, and even if you don't want to buy me lunch, just come by and we'll make it happen. You I want to plug. In. Yeah. yeah, I do want to plug one book that I've been reading lately that I think is helpful for leaders. I plugged it on my social media page already. It's called Originals How Nonconformists Move the World. And it's written by Adam Grant. It's not just about creativity per se. It's really more of a leadership book and how you work with people and how you bring new ideas into an organization. And that's the ultimate version of creativity is creating change within a culture of a church. So I, it's a secular book, but I think it has some really, really great principles for any leader in ministry. So check this book out, read it. I'm about halfway through and I'm really enjoying it. Again, not a Christian book. It's a secular book, but it's written really well. Malcolm Gladwell, if you were interested in him and have read any of his writing, it reads similarly. Uh, it's a similar type of pop psychology kind of bringing in um, articles and stories from businesses around the country and how they have harnessed some of these tactics. So I just encourage you to get that. It'll, it's kind of spurred my creativity in my ministry. So not creativity in terms of I'm starting a podcast, <laughs> but ministry in terms of we can move this thing forward. And, and God has given even secular people insight that can help us do that. So check that resource out. Hey, follow him on Twitter. He's at Bro Rusty Mont. Follow this guy on Twitter. It's at Jared Hallyer. We together are at Hour A Week Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, online at hourawekpodcast.com. You can email us at hourawekpodcast at gmail.com. And these silky, beautiful voices are brought to you by at... Is this Pat O? Is this Pat O? Pat Overstreet, thank you very much for yeah. all of your work on this, man. I You're went back and listened it. to some early episodes and then listened to the most recent one where Pat, because he came in around episode three or four. Somewhere along the way. And the yeah. difference is pretty drastic. He's yeah. done a good job making us sound even better. He makes us sound like FM radio guy. Hey, everybody. So. Welcome in. What is 6.2 The Eagle? It's kind of like a cross between Harry Carey and FM radio guy a little bit. Hi. <laughs> <Hi. laughs> so. All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. We cannot wait to see you next week. By the way, next week, personality episode. It is going to be legit. So we are recording that episode Friday. Yes. So you're listening to this on Monday. That means you've got four days to send your personality profile to us if you're interested in getting a shout out. Uh, if we are overwhelmed with them, we may not be able to mention all of them, but uh, my guess is that we're probably not going to have more than a handful, but yeah. that's still great. And we're going to take a test and we are going to talk <laughs> about it with a live guest. So yes. you will hear confirmation that we're both crazy. Yeah, so go take the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs. There's a free, in fact, we'll post this on Twitter and Facebook. There's a free version of the Myers-Briggs test that you can take and we'll share that around to give access to, to, uh, to you guys. Thanks to Josh Broughton for bringing that to our attention. Uh, but take that test, send us your results, and I'm excited to take it's, that test. It's going to be fun. It, this might be, it's going to be one of the more interesting episodes, yeah. especially having a guest to straight up analyze our results on the spot. It's going to be wonderful. All right. That's it. Drop the mic.